Welcome to From the Field of the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Kisem Ramirez. Joining me, Assistant Sports Editor Paul Livingood. Texas State lost 59-14 to Houston Saturday night. We were both in attendance. Before we break down this shellacking of a game, I guess you can call it, mm-hmm. well, the experience of the press box, I enjoy road games because it's just different. I did too. I will say this for my food analysis of the podcast. Oh, my goodness. I was not impressed with the food the during food the game. The food was so bad. It was so cold. Like, I, I got there uh, I got there a little before there before a little bit there. I got there a little bit before you did, and they had, like, I don't know, four or five trays of food left, and I looked inside. I'm like, oh, there's, like, mac and cheese and meatballs and bread, and, like, this looks really good. And then I go to eat it, and I'm like, oh, this is gross. It's, like, so cold. Like, it's like it just came out of the refrigerator. So, I mean, it – We sound that, like that, spoiled journalists, oh, sports yeah, journalists it, right now because, I mean – Texas State spoils us. They have good food. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, we're lucky to have food – provided at the games it's nice to be in an air-conditioned press box and for everything so we're, we're not going to take that for granted oh, but well. but the food man yeah, it just it was mac it was and cheese was good. good though it was good I'll if it would have been warm yeah i yeah i think it was it was i'm good just cold. being a spoiled brat right good. now that's but all it is unlike the mac and cheese which i thought was solid though really this is uh texas state wasn't oh they were not solid <laughs> 59 14 loss just uh literally i think the way fran put it everything that went wrong could have in this game um, they allowed 42 points at half, 28 points in the second quarter alone, 14 points in the first quarter, 10 in the third, 7 in the fourth. I think it was like 428 total yards in the first half, 689 in the whole game. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's rough. The, the defense is, is struggling big time. Um, I, I put it in my recap. I don't know. I don't remember the exact stat. I wish I did. But, I mean, they're averaging like – in the past three games, they've, they're like allowing five sixty seven point three. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like a like a thousand five hundred something yards, which is absurd. So I mean, they need to figure something out really quickly. And Fran looked kind of he looked kind of concerned. Like he he looked. I don't want to say scared, but like I could see it in his eye. He was just like, ah oh, man, we're in trouble. Like I, I could just see it when I looked at him. The most telling thing I took away from that press conference, there was a lot of good takeaways in that five-minute stretch, though. But he said about that his defense. That was a really defense, short press conference, too. But a lot was said and a lot meant. Like, I thought it was a meaningful press conference yeah. just, just in general. He said, maybe we are what we are, which is scary because if they are what they are right now, That's bad. They're, they're not going to win any games this year because I wrote a 900-word column about the defense. Probably should have waited another week because it had more impact this week. Oh, yeah. Um, but we've been covering this defense and just the struggles and it's just miscues. And they set the bar really low before this game. Like, I didn't expect much defensively. And yeah. somehow they found a way to reach a new low this game in this loss. And now they, were, they came into the game 122nd in scoring defense, 122nd in total defense. They dropped – to 126 which is last second to last oh, in total la- yards and then in scoring defense is last they're dead last yeah like they found a way to get worse over this week's which is amazing when you could go nowhere but up that's, that's what I'm, you said last week yeah, and I, I like, said i don't know i mean you could <laughs> drop to the bottom if you really i'm now now they can't go anywhere but up i said it here first <laughs> Breaking news: Texas State defense can the scoring defense can go nowhere but up, and they can get worse. But the the wor- best case scenario, I mean, worst case is they're still lost like they were last week. So. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, th- it's gonna be a struggle. I mean, and it's not looking pretty. The first conference game is Lafayette, and Lafayette's outscored them eighty-four to like thirty-four. I want to say is what it was forty-eight the, point in, margin in the, in the past two years combined, and so it's 
not going to look pretty. They did lose Terrence Broadway because, I mean, Terrence Broadway was the man when he was there. But the quarterback they got and replaced him is now just as good. good. I haven't yeah. really, I haven't really like watched. Any I looked at the numbers. He's first in total quarterback rating this in the okay, conference. Okay, so, so I mean, there you go. That just that that's telling right there. He Lafayette's probably going to smack up on Texas State one, like for the third year in a row or however many years they've won. I haven't looked yet, but yeah, the the defense is not looking pretty. But I mean. Do you I, see any room for improvement? I mean, okay, not room yeah, for improvement. There's a hell of a lot of do room you, for improvement. Because the Fran said anything. Do you see – Do realistically, do you think they can improve? That's a better way um, to phrase that. Not really. I mean, it's going to take – I mean, the the biggest thing is they just got – they have to tackle. Like, they, they miss open field tackles like no, like no other team I've ever seen in my life. Like, we just watched the play before we even started this podcast, uh, the, um, the Dunbar catch that was like 60-something yards. There was like four bobcats around him to like corral him uh, to the ground, and somehow, some way, he jukes the living crap out of Dale Rosemont and takes it to the house. And I, I don't know. I mean, blown coverage, missed tackles. I mean, the the defense is not meshing right now. I don't know what the problem is. If it's a chemistry issue, if they're just that bad, or I don't know. But there's it's it's prevalent. It, they, you give up 689 total yards, like you're not you're not doing your job. I don't know when the cutoff is to decide when this team is who we who we thought they wouldn't be, because there was a lot of hope that second year in, uh, defensive coordinator John Thompson's system, they'd find their way. Yeah, they lost Mayo, uh, Arakbo, Mager, Odiari. Yeah, they lost them, but I feel like continuity, internal improvement, the young guys stepping up into their roles yeah. would make up for those losses, and you see it. Fran even said it last week, immaturity, inability to kind of string together good weeks of practices together because yeah. they're just – they're unsure of themselves. They're, they're young and they don't know. And I'm glad you brought up D'Lo Roseman because he, he was juked badly on oh. that Stephen Dunbar play. But another play too, Demarcus Ayers who just crushed Texas State's oh, secondary yeah. the whole game. Eight receptions, career high, 126 uh, yards, two touchdowns. Demarcus Ayers on one of his touchdowns, back of the end zone, right corner. He caught and the he, ball. He caught it and hit, tapped yeah, the, he one, got he the, tapped foot, the one in, foot in. Yeah. But Dela Roseman just sat there and basically watched him do it. Like he didn't. He, there was no pursuit there. Like he he was there in the area, but then he just gave up when the ball was in the air and he just looked and he watched the play. And that's something that I do when I'm playing football with my friends. I'll, I'll just see a, a ball and because I'm lazy and I'll be not that he's lazy. I'm not gonna put two and two together but I've done it to where I just go there's no way he's going to catch that ball I'm just going to give up and just move on and it happened yeah so I it mean just, it they just had a good, I mean Greg Ward Jr. was the man he was the, he was the best player on the field I mean you look at his stats he had 274 passing and 91 rushing I mean that combines for 375 but he had six total touchdowns yeah. like that's that I mean that's a lot of touchdowns four in the air and two on the ground and the 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 biggest thing for me is, like, aside from the touchdowns, even though he didn't have a lot of – because, I mean, if someone has six touchdowns, you would think their yardage would be somewhere in the 500s or something. Even though he didn't have as many yards uh, – One thing I'll say about that before you get – What? Only three quarters. He probably would have got yeah, 500. Yeah, true. He, he did. He only played three quarters. I mean, they only needed him to play three quarters. They were already up by, or like, like 40. One, or one, so, probably. Yeah, so, I mean – but even though the the touchdown the yards ratio was I mean kind of off, I mean he just he he made plays where I just sat there and I was like wow like this dude is special. There was like there was like th- I I t- talked to you about it yesterday. There was three or four plays I mean at each time and they're usually drop back passes, and the protection would break down and he would break the contain, 
and they'd be pursuing him to the sideline. I'm like, oh, he's not going to get anything out of this. I mean, there's like three, there's three guys pursuing him right there, like on an angle or whatever. And then somehow he like finds, he just uses his speed to get around him. He breaks out for 40 yards on a run. Um, there was one particular that I remember. It was towards the press box, going towards the um, the jumbotron, um, and he just it was he just tightrope the sideline. And I was like, man, this kid is good. Different tale between two different players, Tyler Jones and Craig Ward, Greg Ward Jr. The quarterback matchup that we were watching before the game, both led the team in rushing, but you could tell from the game that they're two different athletes, just different class of athletes. Tyler Jones, as we said. It's kind of amazing too that he's just so he's he, not elusive. He's not. No, fat. I mean, he, I'm not. He's not slow, but he's just not. He's not elite fast. In everything. He's just like I don't know. It, it's like he's deceptively a good runner. I don't know what like he. I don't know if it's just because he he chooses the right like angles to run or whatever. But like he's not like your like typical dual threat guy where he just like uses his speed to just beat guys like Greg Ward Jr. did. I mean, but. Yeah, it's like I, like there like there's a lot of plays that Tyler Jones had where he'd like get five yards and then just fall to the ground. Where I'm like, Greg Ward Jr. would take that for 35. Like, so I don't know. Greg Ward Jr. only played three quarters. He averaged 11.8 yards per play. So every time he touched the ball and did something with the down. ball, he got a first down. Uh, it was it, it was fun to watch if you're just a football fan because Greg Ward Jr. was incredible, exactly. but the Texas State defense was not having fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked a lot about just what went wrong but for a brief moment in time it was a close game as always but in the first quarter seven to seven in the first quarter texas state on the first drive was going in the red zone for the houston cougars yeah but just you, like happened the second quarter your boy lawrence white in the in that first quarter he that i think that i think that fumble and that first fumble inside the 20 changed the entire outlook of the game because i mean it was a seven seven game at that point and texas state was driving um looking to go ahead and Lawrence, and it, it was an, it was a fortunate bounce too, because it was right by the sideline, and it bounced straight up into the into number three's hands, uh, William Jackson. He, we'll talk about him later because he did something else. But I mean, that's just something unfortunate that the ball just bounced their way, and it really changed the whole complexion of the game. He said, Fran said, it takes the air out of a struggling team, and on that drive specifically, Tyler Jones had found gains and Ryan Carden for first downs, and they're driving on Houston, and Houston just already, already had a point, at a, at a touchdown at that point, but they're driving, they're showing momentum, and Lawrence White gets a 17-yard first down, like we're at the 15 or 14, whatever it was. Yep, and he that fumbles. fumble, I thought of the two, because we'll talk about that one too, but that one was the more costly one. Yes. But again, in the second quarter, driving, Got a third down, a big third down play. CJ yeah. Best, he fumbled too. Yeah, he fumbled at like the nine yard line. Yeah, and he so, did. And then they picked that one up, and uh, on the first one, they didn't score. They off didn't. That. They didn't score. They got stopped at midfield. But on off of that one, they got points the other way, and then it was a fourteen point swing and on a seven point game. Exactly. At the time. That's the that's always huge. And then the ensuing drive, William Jackson. Coming back to him, shout out to him. He uh, jumped the out route on Tyler Jones and took it for, took it back for six interception return for a touchdown. So that that really opened up the game. And so 20, 28 points in the second quarter. Could have been realistically maybe a best case scenario twenty eight twenty one Houston. It was it was uh, kind of comical. I wrote in the in the game recap or the recap, and it's like at the end of the first quarter the score was fourteen to seven. At the at halftime it was forty two to seven. So, I mean, that's kind of just – That was the worst-case scenario. You have worst case was 42-7, which is what happened. Best case, 
Texas State scores on those two drive, it's 21-28 going in the half. Exactly. So, I mean, it – and I th- we talked to Fran about the, the whole – like getting points back or whatever, essentially because of the 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 fumbles in the red zone, but you just you can't shoot yourself in the foot like that. Like especially when your defense can't defend. Exactly. Like their margin of error was they didn't turn over the ball at all against Southern Miss and lost anyway. Yep. So if you turn the ball over four times and Texas State hasn't struggled with turnovers, they're no, actually been pretty they, good. They've done really well with turnovers to this point. Tyler Jones threw his first two interceptions of the season, and then you see he broke his. I don't. It was like it's two na- two two hundred thirty three. Yeah, it's not. He before his uh touch interception to William Jackson, he threw two hundred thirty three straight passes without an interception, dating back to Georgia Southern last year. So which was like doesn't happen often. It, like towards the middle of the year. And too. that throw too, the Jackson throw, it was a terrible throw. He was beat. Jafis was not open. He threw it basically straight to him. I didn't. It didn't I didn't. I watched it a couple times and I was like, Why? Did, what did he see on yeah. that play to deliver that throw? I think it's kind of interesting. I just thought about this. Um, with with the him breaking his uh, consecutive passes record without an interception, if you include that one and then the one before it, they are both pick sixes. Except the other one was a hundred yards. Remember that. I was, do remember that. that was number, uh, his, uh, I think it was Dobson. He was number seven. And that one was back because they were right there at the end zone. They were, like on the, two, they were on like the two-one-yard line, and they took it back to the house. And once again, in that game, that changed the whole complexion of the game. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of interesting to me that the fact that his – his well, cause he, did he throw the second interception or did Connor White throw the other interception? In this game? Yes. He threw two. Okay, yeah. So I don't think White didn't throw any. So, yeah, before um, – so I guess, but like before these two interceptions, like I think I thought you thought it was interesting that any positives, anything at um, all from this the game. The passing efficiency was good until Tyler Jones threw those interceptions. Um, I had something else in here. Uh, it was, I mean, they ran the ball better in the second half. Um, Still not great though. Tyler Jones basically led the team in rushing again. Like it, the it, hometown kids from Houston, the brothers, Demon Mercer and Javis Gaines, they combined for 12 catches and what 121 yards so i mean that's the that, had a 32 that, yard that's, gain that's kind of that's kind of neat but um i don't know but there's there's really nothing to look at and say oh yeah the texas state did this really well and they i mean there's just there's nothing like to look at like when i when i was doing my analysis i was like what what can i write in this good section it's like oh the fact that the conference is like non-conference schedule is over like that's bad when you when you don't have anything good to write about a team like that. That's and Lawrence White, who I nominated for president in 2020. I don't think he's gonna win now. He's slowly. I don't even know if he's gonna make the Senate. I don't. I don't yeah, really I don't know, know if he's gonna he, make he it. He might like, have to start. Ryan going, Cardin has. He out- might have to be demoted to town mayor. <laughs> Ryan Cardin has outplayed him in four games. Like it, five receptions, 43 yards for Cardin. Lawrence White's fumbled. He has, he scored one touchdown. He hasn't been what I thought he would this year. It's still time to to write this shit. Um, I think it's worth mentioning, though, because we just basically not killed the defense or crushed them, but we, we, we analyzed them and how they struggled. It is worth noting a little bit that they didn't have three of their four defensive tackles. That's true. Marshad Dillon exited injured their, in the, the other one. He got yeah. a- injured in the first quarter, and he, it looked kind of a bad injury, too. Um, yeah. And then Tim Gay also missed the game at linebacker. So there was a lot of moving pieces, a lot of players that normally don't play. I don't think that excuses 59 points. That really does not. But I think it's worth mentioning I mean, the grand scheme of things. They might have scored 42 points with those guys in. I don't know. It still, it still looked bad. It still, I mean, I don't know. It, the chemistry, I, I, that does make sense, though, because when you throw new guys in, the chemistry kind of does get all out of whack when they only have 
a week's worth of practice with the first team reps and trying to play with guys that they've never played with, like up until this point, like in fall camp and in practice in the season. So I mean that that is kind of telling. Um, I completely forgot about that. The fact that they didn't have all their defensive tackles and Tim Gay and all these people. So that that for me that that kind of makes this a, a little bit. More. For me, I'm 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 I don't think anything makes this defense like good. I so I, I don't. don't. Any final thoughts as we wrap up the show? Um, I'm so glad that we have the week off with this bye week, and I think it's going to be a refresher. It's going to be nice to to only have like I don't know like a feature or something to do this week and just kind of cool off. And uh, but I'm excited to see what Texas State does and. The conference, because I mean, the the conference schedule is front heavy. It's you got ULL potential to be in a big hole. Exactly, early on. you got ULL, you got South Alabama, you got uh, Georgia Southern, and so I mean, you just you lose all three of those, you're one and seven to begin the year. One, s- one and six, sorry, six. one and six. Yeah, so and then you have to win the rest just to be eligible, and that that's almost impossible. So I mean, that there, my final thought is that state of the union, Texas State is in trouble. So, and they're they need help. Oops, they did it again. This yep. defense. Oops, they did there it again. Um, to quote Britney Spears, because she's not mentioned enough. I'm pretty in this sure podcast. people know. People listening to this, I'm pretty sure they know who Britney Spears yeah, is. Yeah, uh, but she's not mentioned this podcast by name, so we're fr- we're first giving her a shout out. We might at her. True. Yeah. Her Twitter shout handle. out to Britney. Maybe she'll retweet it. Maybe, Maybe. I don't. Who I don't knows? know. Um, my final thought is that. Coach Fran, which he, I mean, he obviously takes responsibility, but he actually verbalized it in this game. And he Mm -hmm. said, I take responsibility for this game. We aren't this bad of a team, quote. We have to get this in the right direction, and it starts with me. I have to accept the responsibility. This is adversity, and we'll see how we face and handle it. It's a big big pendulum point. If they can get a win against Lafayette, there's a lot, that's, that's enough to, to start the season on the I right note. Th- yeah, I if. think that that would be the start of a really good turnaround if they. And then you can see some prove. And the, the defense has to have one game where they allow less than thirty against a non-FCS school because exactly. to me that's like forty. So this this uh, this ULL game is gonna be so pivotal because in my mind just because one you lose it and you might go and lose three or four in a row, but um, if you beat Lafayette, which is one of the better teams in the conference. Um, that next to South Alabama, who they played close the last couple of years, they've won once and lost once, won at home, lost at, uh, lost on the road. So they're back, South Alabama's back here. Um, if the trend continues and they get they could possibly win that game, so they get two in a row going into Georgia Southern. And I mean, defending Sun Belt champs, you never know if they they win those two games, they could get on a roll and just be confident with themselves and maybe like that. I think Georgia Southern would be the biggest one of the three. If they happen to, if they happen to go on a three-game win streak, that's a short week too. It's on a Thursday. So that's it's, true. It's interesting. It was on that. Thursday last year too. Yeah. So. So. We'll see what happens. The bye week comes at a good time. Um, I'm excited to just take some time off. Not time off because we're still gonna be working this week, but it'll be it'll be nice to see. It won't be as busy. Yeah. Maybe Texas State will figure it out. We won't be as tired. We'll be we'll be good. We'll be we'll, we'll all be on the right cylinder. It'll be good because we we started off the season slow. Well, actually, we started off good. I don't want to say that. Yeah. But. We had a lot of content for Florida State. Maybe Texas State gets it out of the way. Maybe not. We'll see. So that's our show for today. For Paul Livingood, I'm Kisem Ramirez. Peace out. Mm-hmm.